hey, we had a lovely uh, couple of days away, uh, away together as a church. Uh, yeah, yeah, about 70 or so of us, yeah. And, and we realized not everybody could be there, but we kind of want to bring the heart of that three-day weekend, um, our three-day week and weekend uh, to our church here on Sunday. So I have a, a brief little exhortation, and then um, I, I, we're going to get into hearing some testimonies today. Is that okay? Is that all right? Awesome. A couple of you are excited about that. Uh, before we get into those testimonies, though, um, as we look back, or as I look back over uh, these last couple of days, I'm uh, just struck by um, just God's favor uh, on this community. I was blown away. Um, I didn't really do a lot of ministry. I just like served. And um, I couldn't believe the way, especially at the altar, like how the Lord was meeting many of you who joined us. It was, it was such a powerful time in God's presence. And I'm, I'm, I'm blown away in the sense that I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful that many of your hearts were touched who joined us um, those couple of days. And um, I can't help, you know, but just kind of bring up that as a pastor, uh, I was spending the last three days just thinking, God, how can we sustain this? Like, like this is so beautiful. And, and like, I didn't really get prayed for, but my heart was just charged, like seeing people get ministered to. I was like, man, I was, I was getting ministered to. And, and we had a time the last day that we shared together. Everybody kind of, well, a couple of people shared their testimonies. A couple of those you'll hear today. But I, I was getting deeply touched just by the way God was touching you. And, and a part of me just doesn't want that to leave. I just don't want, I wanted to stay a couple more days, maybe a couple more weeks. I don't know if that's weird. I'm sorry, but it probably would have been nice. And so as a pastor, I'm thinking, God, how can we sustain this? How do we um, bring this on over into the months and years to come? And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about resistance if I can for just a little bit. You know, there's a power uh, in resisting things, isn't there? Last night, um, a little bit before we were going to go to bed, Abram was on the Xbox, and my wife says, honey, there's Ben and Jerry's in the freezers downstairs. Let's put Abram to bed, and let's binge. Let's binge your favorite ice cream. And I'm like, yes, Lord, let's do it. And so I was super excited. I was like, like what, what time is he going to bed? Like, get the ice cream. Let's go. Let's get this on. Um, I recently went to the doctors and, 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 and had a bit of a scare. My blood pressure is a bit high. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about high blood pressure when she goes down and gets the ice cream. I'm like, oh God, should I do this? Like, should I really, should I, I want to, like, I definitely want to, but I don't know if I should. I got to watch how I eat. I got to do a little bit more exercising and whatnot. And man, I think for the next three to four hours, I wrestled, to, you know, back and forth, pacing. Like I, I had to change my sermon up a little bit and I'm typing away and I'm just thinking about strawberry cheesecake, Ben and Jerry's ice cream uh, on the countertop, just melting and getting soft. I mean, I enjoy soft Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I don't know. I, I don't like to put my spoon in it. Just, you know, you like feel like you're hitting a brick. Like I want that spoon just to sink in. Anyways, I'm getting a little too much, a little too much information here. And I'm just pacing. I'm like, man, I, I want that ice cream. I shouldn't. High blood pressure. And, and it's getting late. And um, luckily, uh, 
God persevered. God won. God helped me resist the temptation to eat that ice cream. Resistance is good. I want to just uh, bring up a scripture verse here that actually provoked um, this topic in my heart. It's in James 4, uh, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. Just one little verse. It says this. So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I love that verse. I really do. It's been like a life verse for me in my years as a believer. You know, I, I, I've, I don't know if many of us realize that we have an enemy. Like we have an adversary, right? Like I know we know that intellectually. I, th- I think we get that mentally that there's a big man with horns and a pitchfork and a long tail after us. Kidding, I don't know what the devil looks like, but you know, but I don't know if we know that in our guts. I don't know if we have this kind of super sensitivity and and awareness, a connection to that fact. I I don't know if I have. I, I, I would think that if I did, I might live a little bit differently. I might live a little bit more protected and on guard, a little bit more watchful. But I don't know if I, I sometimes think the struggles, the pain that I face in life are just a matter of circumstances, right? I just had a bad week, a bad day, a bad year. But we have an adversary, and he's not a nice guy. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Have you ever seen a roaring lion getting ready to pounce on their prey? Like Those things are gangster. You can laugh there. That was funny. They're vicious. I mean, they're sly, and you almost don't know they're near until the final second when they're ready to pounce on their prey. And this is what Peter likens the devil to. We have an enemy. He wants to devour. Actually, the word devour means to swallow, destroy. It means to cause the end of something or someone to bring down. Can I say this? The devil doesn't like you. He doesn't like me. You know, Jesus talked an awful lot about this adversary in the Gospels. We talk very little about him in the church. But according just to these two scriptures, amongst the many other texts that exist in the Bible, this adversary is real. And we're not awakened to the fact of just how real he is, but more so than just how real he is, how much he wants to destroy us. And I imagine that there is going to be many of us who were touched profoundly at the retreat that are going to have moments when the adversary knocks on our door, maybe causes you to doubt, maybe, you know, brings some kind of outside pressure into your life. I don't know, but he's real. He's relentless. He's not going to give up just because you had a nice little getaway and your heart was touched for three days. He, He is relentless in his pursuit and he means to bring destruction in our lives. He wants to cause chaos. Resist the devil is both Peter's request, his charge to the church, and also James. 
But you know what I love about 1 Peter is that Peter just doesn't leave it at the fact that we're just to resist. In the next verse, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, we read this. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. I love that second part of verse 9. Why? Because often when the devil tries to attack, he tries to get us to think that we're alone. He tries, to th- he tries to make us and guilt us to think that our sin is like no other sin. That nobody else has the problem in the struggle that you have. And, and, and the reason he does this is because he wants to isolate you. And get you, uh, you know, off in the corner or, 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 or not coming to church or not being part of community. If he can shame you, then he doesn't have really a lot of work in the area of defeating you. If he can just make you feel like you're the only one going through your, what you're going through, that your struggle is unique, he can bring shame. And through that shame, isolates you to think as though nobody else has this problem. Nobody's like me. I'm the only one. I can't get it right. And that's the way he works. But Peter says, be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. Don't play in to his schemes. You know, every adversary, you know, if you talk to somebody in the military, has a certain strategy in the way they want to attack their opponent or their enemy or the threat. And we, the church, need to wake up in the devil's key strategies of how he seeks to destroy and devour the church. And so I think partly for those who were with us at the retreat and obviously for those who weren't, if we could do these four things, if we could be sober-minded, knowing that we have an enemy, not just knowing that we have an enemy, but knowing in our gut that this enemy has no good intentions for us at all. No good intentions at all. So it's not just about knowing, it's about knowing his heart. He's not going to come and try to bring about some kind of peace treaty. You know, like, you know, like how do we do this thing? You know, no, he's coming to bring a gauntlet <laughs> to destroy your faith under any means necessary. So we must know that we have one. We must know that he wants to destroy us. We must know that we're not alone. You may see me up here singing, many of us on the stage, I'm bringing you the word, but I have my own struggles. I have my own ways in which my adversary won't leave me alone. I had one last night with my wife. (laughs) That old devil trying to remind me and and trying to make me insecure. He's relentless. He's relentless. So we need to know that we're not on our own. Other Christians struggle like you. They have similarities in what they're going through and what they're facing and how the devil works his ways and how he tries to destroy us. So I'd say instead of isolating, get involved. Get involved. Let those struggles, let those attacks only push you in to family, 
not out of it because we are all in this boat together, guys. There is no, oh, higher level, lower level. Daryl's here. Uh, you know, Bethany's there. You know, G's there, whoever. And by the way, Eddie and Jennifer, welcome. It's so good to have you. I, your son's not here, but it's so good to see you. I noticed you during worship. Love you guys. Love you deeply. You're not alone. Don't pull away from God's spiritual family. Draw close. Get involved. Because your struggle is not unique. You're not alone. There's things that are very common amongst us all. (laughs) That's what the Bible teaches us. That we have a certain kind of um, thing in common. (laughs) And I think... Where, where the Bible goes with that is that when it comes to our struggles and when it comes to sin, we're all in that boat together. That's why we need Jesus and we certainly need one another. Amen. Now, as I'm wrapping this up, because we have four awesome testimonies that I want to hear. Remember, we're talking about resistance. And as we wrap this up, I think the best example of this kind of resistance, if we could get a picture of this in the gospel, it would be Jesus, right? Of course, he's the example of many things that we should aspire to. In Matthew 4, 1 through 11, this is the story of Jesus's temptation. You're probably familiar with it, but I'm going to bring this into the conversation because resisting alone is not enough. We must be equipped with certain tools while we are resisting the devil so that he may flee. Does that make sense? And Jesus gives us just a, 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 a bird's eye view into what these tools are. And so um, in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, we read this, 11 verses. It says, then Jesus, I think um, right after he was baptized, and um, now sorry, right before he was baptized, right after he was um, kind of, Released or kind of started his ministry. It says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit. This first verse blows my mind even to this day. And maybe we'll get into it a little bit more next Sunday. But it says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Did you hear me? Led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. God had a part in it. His spirit had a part in it, right? That's not the focus of today's sermon. Maybe we'll pick that up next Sunday. In verse 2 we read, After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry, naturally, right? And I can't even go three days and I'm starving after fasting. And the tempter, that is the devil, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And this is Jesus' response in verse 4. He says, It is written... It is what? It is what? It is written. We'll find in these 11 verses that Jesus' main strategy in resisting and fighting the devil is the word of God. It's the word of God. Three times. His response is Old Testament scripture. It's It's not much of a mystery. It's not really all that profound. He just uses the word of God against the devil. So it is written. Now, three times Jesus will start his response to the devil like this. It is written, Satan. It is written. And this is what he says in his first response. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took, because he's, he's relentless. He's not even really all that concerned fully knows that Jesus is the Son of God, but he is 
his intent is destroying Christ. He's Christ, God's son. And even the devil is foolish enough to think and and be um, constant in his attacks here. So he tries three times to trip up Jesus. It says, then the devil took him, Jesus, to the holy city and sat him on a pinnacle of that temple. And he said to them, if you are the son of God, I love that, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, again, it is written. (laughs) I don't know, I love that. Uh, You shall not put the Lord God to test. Again, the devil took him, Jesus, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I give you. They're already his, but okay. If you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written one final time. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then what? The devil left and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. It's not enough that we just resist. We must be equipped with God's word and to equip yourself with God's word, your nose has to be in God's book. All right. I mean, I thank you, Joe, but you can't think that you can be equipped in God's word, having it living and active in your heart. If you're not day after day, having your face in God's word. We need to have our noses in the book. So when I think, as I went over my time, when I think about how we are to preserve and continue in what God has done over these last three days, I think God's main strategy for us is resistance. It's resistance in being equipped, being um, saturated in God's word. <laughs> and so my encouragement to those who participated and were part of our retreat and those who aren't, learn the power and the art of resistance and get God's word in your heart. Amen. Could I have um, those of which I asked to share their testimony come up now? So part of this was just wanting to kind of capture, that's all right, don't be bashful, come up, come up, come up, come up, near me, near me, it's okay, yeah, yeah, we're in this together, awesome, so good. I asked these fine folks behind me, ASAP's coming, um, to just share with us some of the things that God did. We would have loved to have everybody who shared the last night that we were together to share, but we would be here another hour or so. Um, and so I just, we picked these guys, um, not for any particular reason, uh, other than we just wanted our greater body to kind of celebrate and know that we serve a life-giving, life-transforming God. Amen? Amen. Where's the other mic? Is there one other mic around here? Sorry. You probably don't want to share my, although this has been passed around. Why don't we start with you, Kate? Oh, sure. Introduce yourself and, yeah, get into your testimony. 
right, hello, my name is Katie. Um, man, so God has really just been preparing me, I think, for what he had in store for me over retreat, um, slowly working at my heart and just showing me the things in my life that has really separated me from him. And um, I, I said this at the retreat, but there's so much resistance in wanting to even share those things because the devil can use those to just really hold you with the shame um, of admitting these are my struggles. But um, the biggest thing for me is just so much of everything that I am is, was, was just to seek dis um, approval from everyone around me. I was, everything in me was so fixated on what everyone else had to say about me. Um, constantly looking to my left and my right for approval. Um, when I got that approval, it was absolutely great. But I also got rejected and that hurt. And that just built up a spirit of someone who didn't love themselves, someone who just didn't like themselves, um, someone who didn't know who they were. And I spent so much time fixated on what everyone else had to say about me. There was just no room, no, no room in my mind to worry about what God had to say about me. That, that was not my desire, that was not my heart. Um, I just, I couldn't hear it, I couldn't say it. And um, that is where he is the one who tells us who we are. It is written in his word time and time again, everything that we are is who he says we are, not who. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are not who others say we are, and we are not who we think we are. We are who God says we are. And he has just, he's declared that over me and over me and over me. And I'm just so excited um, to move forward and stand in the truth that I am, I am not what other people think about me. I am not, I do not care what you guys think about me. <laughs> um, I care, I care about what the Lord thinks about me and says about me. And I'm just, yeah, so excited um, to see where he has to lead me in all of this. Yeah. Stay here. Hi everyone. My name is Asaf. Um, yeah, so my story started probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, this was, I just woke up and God was like um, speaking to me and kind of convicting me saying like, what's the use of having a heavenly father where you don't approach me and you don't approach me as father. And that just really hit my heart. And I was last couple of weeks just processing what that looks like for myself. Um, and often how we relate to our earthly father is how we relate to our heavenly father. And um, yeah, so I was just thinking about that for a while, um, and got somewhere, but, uh, a couple of nights ago, th there was a real breakthrough, uh, when Pastor Marlene was speaking, she kind of went off on a tangent, but, uh, it was like just speaking to me. She was like, oh, how the people that you avoid or the people that you, um, have the least amount of patience and love for can often be traced to, um, a deeper root and, all of a sudden, all those dots just connect, connected in my mind about how um, 
how none of our parents are perfect. And one of the ways in which my dad wasn't perfect was um, just there are certain things of control that made me feel powerless in like different situations. And um, yeah, that just spoke to me about how I don't like people who try to control me or who are in, in conversations where I don't feel like I have the power. Um, and that really got to me. And um, when, during ministry time, um, I, was, I was about to walk out and, um, and I did walk out actually, but thankfully Liam was there. He's like, are you all right? I was like, yeah. And I just walked out and then God was like, no, you're not all right. Go back in and get prayer. <laughs> and so I did. And uh, thanks to Dan and Andrew for just guiding me through like the process of forgiveness and of just releasing my dad. Um, and yeah, I just feel so much peace in my heart, so much freedom, you know, to be able to say, recognize like what was wrong and to experience the, the joy from releasing um, and forgiving. So praise the Lord. Hello again. <laughs> I'm Tara, as previously mentioned. Um, so yeah, I guess my story kind of um, begins, I guess, in a counseling session I had recently where I discovered that um, I have a pretty like deep-rooted fear of losing the relationships in my life and stemming from just not having a like an assurance of my parents' love when I was a kid. Um, and yeah, just having like different experiences when I was a kid that um, I, I couldn't believe that they, they really loved me, that there was like something inherently wrong with who I was um, and that there was like nothing good in me. Um, and that caused me to search for love in every place I possibly could. And it left me really hurting and, and broken and um, yeah, have... have you know, things I'm working through, but in, um, at the retreat, at the retreat, we had a session where we were doing inner healing and praying for the Lord to like show us, um, areas that he wanted to heal. And, uh, what I, what was revealed in counseling kept coming into my mind. And I was like, well, okay, I guess this is it. So went up to Daryl and, and Pastor Marlene and kind of shared with them that in the sphere of losing relationships and, um, walked through the process really of forgiving my parents where I didn't realize that they, ha I had such unforgiveness towards them, but walking through that forgiveness and recognizing too, that's a daily choice, like still choosing to forgive them. Um, and then I think what was the most powerful was breaking the agreements that I, um, or the, the lies that I had agreed with over the course of my life, all of the times that I believed that, I am, like, I am inherently bad. There is nothing good in me, that I am unworthy of love, that there, like, there's just, I'm, I'm too broken to be loved. And I just called each one of those things out, and I broke them off, and in doing so, replaced those things with the truth of who Jesus says that I am. Um, kind of like Katie, just like, yeah, like, taking root of those things. Um, and I, I think, you know, moving forward, as Daryl said, like, having to every day choose to believe those truths and renouncing the lies. And I, I mean, after that 
I was a weeping mess, but when they were praying over me, I could like feel the weight lifting off of myself. I, there was just such a like relief in me. Um, and yeah, the devil, like he doesn't stop though. Like before sharing, he wanted to, you know, keep me in, keep me like believing the lies and um, feel really equipped to like renounce those lies and to just count like rebuking them. They have no place in my life. And so that, you know, moving forward, that's going to be it. And there's that assurance. Like I have that, I can do that because I have the assurance of God's love for me because of what Jesus did. Like he's so good. Yeah. Awesome. Hi, I'm Joy. Um, (laughs) And um, I, so heading into the weekend as we were walking around the Um, Camp Berea, I just kind of felt like the Lord said to me, like, Joy, you have been brave before. Like, you have been, you have done brave things. And um, I'm a pretty fearful, cautious person. Um, But he was just bringing to mind, like, you've stood up to challenges before. And so then on yesterday morning, Saturday morning, Pastor Marlene was speaking on dominion and um, the authority that we walk in in Christ and that we are um, to trample on the scorpions and, to, and that the enemy has no power over us. And um, at the end of that session, we had some ministry time where we kind of had like a um, prayer tunnel, like walking through <laughs> like rapid prayer. And um, it just was hearing words of like light and joy and it just was stirring in me the um my own authority to walk into dark places and to be the light and to be the joy and I was praying afterwards um in my seat and God brought to my mind the character of Lucy Pevensey who is um if you've seen the lion the witch in the wardrobe it's in the chronicles of Narnia it's a children's novel that's written as an allegory um, where the lion character in this magical place called Narnia is a symbol for Jesus. And um, Lucy and her siblings are symbols of us as the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. And um, and they're seeking the redemption of, of the land, of the people that they would be restored into relationship with this lion Aslan. Um, and so this is a book I read as a kid and I just thought, I think like Lucy was known for being brave and I feel challenged to be brave. And I looked up a quote. Um, I just Googled Lucy Pevensey quotes and this is what came up. Um, Lucy buried her head in his mane to hide from his face, but there must've been some magic in his mane she could feel lion strength going into her. Quite suddenly, she sat up. I'm sorry, Aslan. That's the lion, she said. I'm ready now. And Aslan responds to her, now you are a lioness, and now all Narnia will be renewed. And I just felt, as I read that, the weight of that, like that's what the Lord is speaking into me, that now I'm taking up a new mantle of authority of walking with Christ, um, of calling myself, I am the lioness. 
And now all Narnia will be renewed, that we're walking into revival and renewal of the land and of where he's placed me, but also for all of us, that of where he has placed you, you are carrying in revival. So. so good. Well, you guys didn't know this, but I'm gonna actually have you guys be my ministry team this morning, if that's okay. Because uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people here in this audience who um, can relate to some of these stories that were shared. And um, we believe strongly that uh, God didn't just cherry pick these individuals and be like, I'm going to do this for you and nobody else. We believe that God wants to do these things for all of us. And so um, we're going to provide a moment for that uh, as we close this sermon out, um, this uh, service out, excuse me. If I could get somebody to maybe uh, tap on the keys a little bit for me. Um, But we're going to open the altar and uh, this response is for those who kind of do relate. You're like, man, I, I, I relate to Tara. I relate to Joy. I, I relate to Caitlin. I relate to Asaph. I, I have similar battles, similar struggles that I'm facing, similar situations that I'm facing. We believe that the same God who met us there at Camp Berea can meet us right here in Cambridge, Massachusetts and do some of the same things that he did over in Camp Berea. And so as the music plays and Um, we close out this service, just a couple of practical details before we let everybody go. Um, We have the info center. You may have seen all the uh, banners up here to the left, your right, I believe that's right. Um, And and this is just an area where we kind of direct people who are like, hey, I want to figure a little bit more uh, out about this church. I want to see what they're all about. Maybe you want to get more involved or uh, make more relationships here, get to know people. That's your zone right there. There's going to be some people over there that just want to talk to you briefly. Uh, there's a great gift um, for you too as well, just uh, us appreciating you and your interest. And But yeah, if you're, you're like, hey, I'd like to find out a little bit more about this um, community of faith, that's your zone right there. Um, in addition to that, we have now for a month and maybe longer have been uh, doing a bake sale. We're trying to send our youth, all expenses paid, hopefully by God's grace. Um, I don't know if it's going to turn out that way, but we're trying to raise a lot of money so that, because we're going to be going away to a, a retreat, um, not a, a conference, excuse me. I have retreat on the brain, a conference in November. And so we're raising funds to send about 18 to 20 youth off to a wonderful conference in Utica, New York. Me and my wife have been to this conference. Our lives have been touched and changed. And we know plenty of many others who uh, share the same story. And so if you want to stop over there and, and just uh, pick up some nice um, cider donuts, or I don't know what they have over there today. I've been living off that little station over there after service for a long time. I'm ne- I've never been disappointed. They're great goodies. And then finally, um, if you're like, hey, like I've been coming a couple of weeks and I think I'm ready to like, you know, take some next steps to be part of this community, we have this thing that we do. It's called Beyond Sunday. And and the interest of this is just to um, provide uh, space uh, for those who have the interest to be like, I want to go a little further. I want to go a little deeper in being known by people here and knowing people here. 
And so um, it's about 15 to 20 minutes with me and Joe. Um, Joe, um, you, I, I talk to him like you know him, but he's that nice guy out in the back there. He just swiggled his hands. Uh, you'll see him. You just go up the stairs, take a left. You'll see his smiling face if he doesn't have a mask on. Um, we have some refreshments there. And again, it's, it's like 15 minutes tops. We try to make it um, as fast as we can. We know you have better things to do than to hang out with us. But if you want to come up and just get to, a little, uh, get to know a little bit more, about our church um, and how to make um, a connection, a deeper connection here. That's the spot for you. We'd uh, love for you to join us. There's some great refreshments up there. Great hangs, great loves. Um, Other than that, guys, we're gonna close out our service today. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, It's always a joy when when, when the people of God meet together and glorify God. Um, Again, the altar is open as the music plays. If your heart was touched by the testimonies that were shared and you're like, man, I, I, I would really love if God did for me what they did for those people up there. Well, this is your zone. This is the place where you want to be because God is going to do it for you. He's going to do it for you. And so the altar is open. The info center is ready. Beyond Sunday is in play and you goodies are there. Uh, and those who want to respond you can respond. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for these people. And God, I just pray a blessing over them, Lord, as we enter out into Monday and throughout the week, God, in different areas and different workplaces and spaces, God, and college, God, we just ask for your blessing and your favor to be upon us. God, keep us, fill us, strengthen us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we love you. The altar's open. Be blessed. Have a great Sunday.